Okay, I briefly went through the passage. I wanted to go back to our Lord's response in John 12 and hopefully gain some nutritional value from it and our consideration of it. The people answered him, We have heard from the law that the Christ remains forever. And how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Now we have Jesus' response in verses 35 and 36a. And then 36b, we have John adds this little footnote, this interesting observation. These things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. The response of our Lord in verses 35 and 36 reads as follows. A little while longer, the light is with you. A little while longer, the incarnate Son of God is walking in your midst, um, discussing things with you, healing, doing miracles, you know, all sorts of things. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtaking, overtake you. You, know, you have a you, you are privileged people. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, while I'm here, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Now the point is here is their unbelief. Okay, that's I think why he doesn't just answer their question verbatim and show them all the texts in the Old Testament, he realized he's dealing with people who don't believe his self-witness. The point here is their unbelief in the face of our Lord's claims and what we are told happened in verse 28. Now, verse 28 is interesting. Father, glorify your name. Remember that? Then remember the next thing. Then a voice came from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So they didn't believe the self-witness of the incarnate Son of God, the Son of Man and Messiah, nor did they believe a voice from heaven. Do you get that? You know, a lot of times, if I was there and I heard a voice from heaven, I'd fall down on my knees and worship Jesus. They didn't. Neither the self-witness of the incarnate Son of God, the Son of Man and Messiah, nor a voice from heaven could convince the crowd of the truthfulness of our Lord's claims. So what does he do? He calls them to believe nonetheless. There's something interesting here. You have people in your lives, you've given them the gospel many times. They still don't believe. What should you do? Should you tell them you need to go home and get on your knees and cry out to God for real repentance and real faith like you've never, ever, ever done before until you're crying and weeping and staying up for hours or something like that? Should you put on them uh, some sort of mystical experience? You have to experience this night of weeping in your closet or else you can't be really saved because your professions of faith in the last 
uh, in the past haven't taken root and you really need them to take root and so go make them take root by your, the, 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 the penitence that you show. Is, is that what you should do? Or should you say, you know what? The, the, the offer of the gospel's there. You need to believe in Christ while you're living before you go into darkness and utter darkness. I'll pray for you. I think the second way is better. Then Jesus said to them, said to these people who had a miracle in their presence, who had the incarnate Son of God self-testifying, connecting his identity, his person, and his vocation, his work, with the prophets and Moses in the Old Testament, with the writings of the Old Testament. They had both miracle and self-testimony of the incarnate Son of God, and their hearts were still hard. What does Jesus do? Now, he has kind of a warning here, right? But also a promise. And I think that's what we should do in our witness to others. Yeah, sure, a warning, but also a promise. He said to them, a little while longer, the light is with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. It's as if he were saying, I will be lifted up and yet rise from the dead, then depart. As I've said many times before, I am the light, believe in me, and become sons of, sons of light, sons of God. I am the Son of Man. I am the Messiah who will be cut off and rise from the dead and remain forever. So it's a gospel offer, okay? These words of our Lord contain both promise and threat. Believe in the light that you may become sons of light. There's promise. And walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. He who walks in darkness does not know where he is going. So I think there's both promise and warning. Could it be the Lord is here warning these Jews? I think it is. I think he is warning them. A day will come when the conveyors of my message will turn from the Jews to the Greeks. Remember, I mentioned this, I think, in the first hour. This happened in Acts 13 through Paul and Barnabas. It was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first, Jews. But since you reject it, behold, we turn to the Gentiles, Acts 13, 46. Could this be like a warning that if you don't, I'm just going to turn wholesale my con the conveyors of the messianic message after I go to heaven. I'm going to turn them from you in large part toward the outside world. I think it is. And I think we're going to see that in the next passage, verses 37 to, I think, 50. Within one generation after our Lord spoke these words, a judicial blindness came over the Jews and the Christian church, founded on Christ, spread to other regions of the ancient world. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. Jesus is light. Jesus 
is the torchbearer of truth. Jesus is the clearest revelation of God among men. He is the author of light. He is the bearer of light. He is the bestower of saving light. It is through him and him alone that sinners can be right with God, know the forgiveness of sins, possess all the promises of God as their own, and one day get glory with him and see him as he is. So this is a promise, but also a threat. And then these final words again by John, these things Jesus spoke and departed and was hidden from them. These things refers to the entire discourse, beginning in verse 23, where our Lord had said, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Our Lord's public ministry in Jerusalem basically comes to an end with these final, if you have a red letter edition, these final red letters. What John's going to do in verse 37 and following, he's going to kind of pull aside from recording um, the life of our Lord, and he's going to kind of give an apostolic footnote to this Jesus left them. Uh, he spoke and departed and was hidden from them. So then what John's going to do next, he's going to, try, he's, kind of, he's going to point to the people, point to the readers that... The Jews had many things said. They had many things done, many things done in their presence, and yet they refused to believe. This is this last discussion he had with some Jewish people ended with a gospel plea in the context, in the teeth, we might say, of unbelief. And beginning in verse 37 and following we have an apostolic review of the unbelief. Listen to it. But although he had done so many signs before them, they did not believe in him. So signs and wonders alone isn't what we need, right? That the word of... Now watch this. That the word of Isaiah, the prophet... Okay, so now he's explaining the unbelief of the the, uh, first... then-present Jewish people, and he says that the word of Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because Isaiah said again, see what he's doing? He's saying this first-century historical judicial blinding and unbelief by the Jews is actually a fulfillment of prophecy, which is kind of a scary thing to think of. He has blinded their eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. These things Isaiah said when he saw his glory and spoke on him. And he goes on through verse 50. I think I'll be able to do the entire section next week. But let's pray. Lord, we come to you. We thank you that light came in the person of the Son of God uh, many, many years ago. And light, subsequent to that, revelational light, the scriptures and the Spirit uh, together came to us who are now believers and we embraced Christ. We got him. We got the light. We became sons of light. We don't earn this. We don't deserve this. 
We don't earn and deserve the public means of grace, the word, prayer, the sacraments, baptism, the Lord's Supper, but we're here for the supper. We desire grace to be deposited into our souls um, in relation to, in connection to the means that you have ordained. So do that. Strengthen our weak hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.